the Oakland Crazies. Jab it. Left field. And that baby is gone. Are you kidding me? Welcome to the Exit Velocity Baseball Podcast. My name is Brent. This evening, I am joined by Zach. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. How's everything with you? Good. Yeah, we had that Justin Mason potalooza on today. And another guy that we have with us this evening that was part of that as well is Jeff Erickson with Rotowire. How are we doing, sir? Doing quite well. Uh, yeah, it was a fun time today uh, and for a good cause. I, Justin, uh, when I was on, uh, it was relatively early. They were already over 4000 bucks. I'm not sure where they're at now, but uh, a lot of money raised for Meals on Wheels. It was pretty cool to hear. Yeah, I just got off. I uh, went on at 9, so I got off at 9.30, and they were over, I think they were over like 5500 That's awesome. Yeah, very cool stuff. Yeah, that's uh, for a good cause and all that, like you were saying. And that's impressive, putting all that together, getting all those people on and have I mean, I think he had everybody on at every half hour. I watched for a lot of the day and everybody showed up and it was all great content. Yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. Uh, I, I, I caught as much as I could. Uh, but that just speaks to what Justin's like. You know, he's very generous soul and he's really good at organizing and those two uh, features come come in handy pretty much together there so that worked out really well to put this whole thing together yeah uh jeff so i was going to ask you the first question i got for you is how did you get started in the business okay so we started the company back when we started the company is 1997 uh my buddy peter shanky and i were in a fantasy league together he went to uh, northwestern with me uh he was a year ahead of me uh, but I got to—I briefly knew him in college, uh, but I, enough to get in his league, basically. And he goes, "Hey, I have this idea. I've been working for the Wall Street Journal. I see the internet's just going to blow up, and you're good at uh, the content of our leagues. I've got this idea, and this other guy, Herb Ilk, always the uh, hidden third partner that no one, no one that never gets the recognition. He's—he's he's the tech guy. He wants to build this website, and I think we can do it because it's not out there, and everybody's got these online newspaper. You know, every newspaper is online now." Everybody's starting to get those dial-up disks on AOL or CompuServe or wherever. And I think we can do this and build this up and find out, instead of waiting two days later in USA Today, why my guy missed a game when it's out of market, we can do this and and give that information and give them some analysis at the same time there. And came up with that idea. And I was studying for the bar exam at the time. I said, yeah, let's do this. Hopefully it'll be something we can grow out, but it'll be something a good hobby to do at night uh, on the side. And Turns out hobby turned into a business like a year later and it really blew up uh, thanks to like some, you know, some, you know, the idea was went well and some support from like John Hunt and Baseball Weekly. He would give us a screenshot of our site like three, four times in our first year and just got big pretty quick. Got bought out by a company called Broadband Sports in 1999. That moved me from Chicago to L.A. And uh, they died in 2001 in the first Internet bubble and we had to become RotoWire at that point. And just kept growing, changed our business model from ad-supported to subscriber-based. Turns out people will pay for good content. And we just kept on adding things. And we're getting bigger and bigger. We're now, our headquarters are in Madison, Wisconsin. We got like 35 people working for us full-time as in addition to a network of, you know, 200 other people that do all sorts of great stuff for us. And uh, just keep growing, keep trying to get new ideas. Very nice. Yeah, Madison, Wisconsin has a lot of really good tech companies and small businesses that distribute across America. It's very impressive. Yeah. It's a great yeah. town. Uh, we, we like being there. Uh, it's, we're right near the campus. 
So we get access to a lot of, you know, a lot of the good people that we've employed were students there. Michael Bell or Derek Van Riper both start got their start with us as interns, turned that into employees, and then, you know, they've, they've spread their wings and flown off uh, and are doing great things elsewhere in the industry now, too. Uh, but we've gotten tons of good people from Madison, and it's it's a great town, and it's also, it's like my with Peter and Herb and a few others in the company, they have family around there, so when it's time for them to start their own families, they were close to people. They could get, you know, the built-in babysitter network. I stayed out here in California because... I didn't have any family near Madison. My wife's family is out here in L.A., uh, the L.A. area, I should say. And so we just stayed out here, and I work out of the house. Very nice. The only thing I'd have to disagree about Madison is those Badgers. I'm across the border in Minnesota and grew Uh-oh. up a Gopher fan. And I'm assuming you're probably a Wildcats fan. Yeah, I'm a Northwestern guy. So, yeah, I, I made many a road trip in my, uh, I think, three or four road trips when I was in school uh, and one uh, the year after, or a couple years after, and go for football and basketball games. In fact, uh, one my, one of the best co- uh, road trip games I went to was we went to the Rose Bowl uh, the ninety six uh, ninety five season January first nineteen ninety six. The following season, we were pretty good too. We went up for a road trip up to Madison. It was the Ron Dane fumble game where the, they had us up. Uh, they were up on us by three with by three with like. 45 seconds left and Dane fumbled. We got the ball, turned around, scored and won 34-30. And I was this, in this little pocket of purple and a sea of red. It was pretty amazing. <laughs> Very nice. Hey, Zach, are you a Maryland Terps fan or who's the closest Big Ten school to you up there? I am not a Maryland Terps fan. I mean, I'm not a huge uh, college football, college basketball guy. I mean, the big school around here is, is Rutgers. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know where what they're in, in Big East. They're Big Ten. They're, they're actually Big Ten, big 10. I know yeah. they had the realignment, but yeah, that's that's the big school around here. Obviously, nothing too exciting anymore. Um, but I remember those Ray Rice, Brian Leonard days. Yeah. That's what is that like? Almost ten years ago now, at least. But yeah, th- that was probably the biggest team uh, that Rutgers has had in quite some time. Yeah, I know they're pretty rough in the Big Ten now, but they—I mean—they could work their way up there. So tonight we're going to break down this Reds team with you, Jeff and Zach. It should be fun. This is probably one of the more active teams with the White Sox as well. So my first question is, how good do you think this Reds team could be when they play baseball? There's a legit excitement here. I think we're going to, you know, it's been since the year Roy Halladay no hit us in the playoffs, basically since we've been had a winning record and we kind of collapsed for a while, but we've been slowly building back up expectations were high last year and we kind of fell short. Uh, the offense was weak and they, they spent a lot of time addressing that in the off season. I'm legit excited. I, I think we can contend for the NL central, you know, things worked out pretty well in our division that the Cubs didn't do anything meaningful to improve. Uh, the Cardinals, you know, they, they moved some things around, but I don't know if they were aggressively trying to add on. I think the Cubs actually subtracted and the Brewers, they turned over a lot, not quite sure if they improved either. And the pirates aren't even trying. So, it, you know, for, it was a good year for the Reds to be the aggressive team, the division to go for, because there's an opportunity there. I, I don't know if they're going to get all the way, but I expect them to be over 500 and I expect it to come close at the end. You know, every, every, everything's thrown off right now, though, guys, you know that. But when we do have baseball, and I hope we do, and I think we will, I, I think they'll be right in it there. We'll see uh, where they're playing and what, what that has to do with their, their team. But I, I, I'm legit excited for this team. Yeah, it's good to hear. Zach, what do you think that this Reds team, how good they are, good or bad they can be this upcoming baseball season? Yeah, I agree with Jeff here. Um, I mean, we saw some some big moves this offseason uh, between Moustakas, Castellanos. Uh, they signed Akiyama. So there's definitely some big pieces that they've added to uh, to the 
middle of this order here, which was kind of their their weak spot last year. Uh, we know what this pitching staff can do uh, with some of these big guys and in, in Sonny Gray, Castillo, Bauer at the top of that rotation. But I love what they did with this lineup. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the Castellano signing from a real-life perspective and a fantasy perspective. And like Jeff said, uh, I think the Brewers and the Cubs, they really uh, they had a rough offseason. I think they um, kind of um, went downhill um, compared to last year. I just don't like the moves that they made or the lack thereof. And I think now is the perfect time for the Reds to kind of make some noise in this league. Yeah, and I know fans are waiting for this team to be great again. That's probably one of the best opening days in baseball is Cincinnati. I know they used to have a parade and they shut down that whole block there right by the Holy Grail. And now they got a yard house and all kinds of stuff there. I think, too, with having bringing Shogo to town, that shows that they, they're willing to mix it up, even though their outfield was already pretty jammed. And even a guy like Nick Senzel, I've mentioned this in previous pods, when we went to his opening day game last year, I swear the Reds won the World Series. I mean, they're excited when they see when they see good talent, they see good players and good pitching. They, their fans come to games. Yeah, and the pitching is legit, too. I think we saw the job Derek Johnson did with his staff. Uh, not just, uh, you know, taking Luis Castillo to the next level, but also helping Anthony Descalfani unlock some things. Sonny Gray obviously had a huge year, but also like a guy like Robert Stevenson, you know, who really was at the crossroads of his career. Didn't know if he was going to be able to contribute much, had a big year in relief. He and Amir Garrett are, are, have made that bullpen a lot better. Uh, there, there's a lot of building blocks there. I like that they went out and hired Kyle Body from Driveline and, and some of his guys. And they're all about technology. Uh, all the reports you read in spring training that uh, surprise uh, that, that not surprise, but uh, Goodyear uh, had all this equipment that w- that state of the art that a they had never had before, and b was um, more so than most other organizations uh, out there in spring training in Arizona. So they're they're all in and trying to find every way to try to compete. They're spending money like they've never spent before. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of reasons to be excited. I I do wonder though, if they still have enough hitting. I think that's still the question mark because I think they have a couple of weak spots in that lineup. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, shortstop, even like, I mean, they boosted their outfield with Castellanos, but I don't, I mean, Winker, I just don't believe in him. He gets a bunch of walks, gets on base. I mean, he's been there a while and he still hasn't really broke broke through. So, well, I mean, the really- good news is he's a fourth outfielder now. So, you know, there, there's less expected of him. You know, Castellanos is definitely going to play every day, right? Uh, yeah. you, you'd think uh, Shogo Akiyama is going to play more often than not. They didn't sign him to sit. I think he's actually going to be their leadoff hitter. And Senzel, when healthy, is going to play a lot. Uh, if they go universal DH, as one of the things that's been floated out there, you know, I think that helps Winker because he's an awful defender. He's a good on-base guy, and I think he was starting to develop a little bit of pop. He just can't stay healthy, and he can't run. But, you know, not running, you know, if he's not not defending, then it's fine for a year. I think I, I could live with that. Uh, but, you know, shortstop is like you alluded to with Freddie Galvis this week, and a career sub 300 OBP, and nothing behind him. I think that's the other thing. Jose Garcia is a prospect. We'll probably talk about a little bit later, but he's not really going to be ready, I don't think. No, big spring training notwithstanding. Uh, so, and, and they don't have a proven backup right now. Maybe they'll they'll rush up Garcia, but I don't expect he'll be quite ready when, when that push comes to shove. Catcher's a weak spot, potentially. Uh, Tucker Barnhart's giving up pinch uh, switch hitting. He's just going to bat lefty this year. They could f- form a platoon from he and C- uh, Kurt Casale, uh, but I think that's a below-average still uh, combo, even accounting for that. And it really, the big factor is what are they going to get out of Joey Votto? 
if they get the same as last year, then that's a below average spot too. I hate to, I know it's heresy to say that, but they need a lot more out of him this year. Yes, they do. I just caught that. So you think Senzel's going to be a center field starting in the center field, huh? I think he will. That's all the reps he did uh, in spring training. Remember, he was late coming back from shoulder surgery, and, and they didn't really want him to uh, rush it with uh, throwing. But when he was doing any sort of defensive reps in uh, spring training, it was always in center field. I don't think, and you know, there was some thought that okay, maybe he'll play a little bit of second base, and Mustakas will move to third with Suarez getting healthy. Well, Suarez is healthy now, so that's a moot point. But not e- even even accounting for that, they're like, no, we're not going to mess around. He is an outfielder. Maybe it'll be some set, uh, some left, or, but I think he'll be in center, and I think they'll throw Akiyama in left. Interesting. Zach, do you think Senzel starting center field and also is this Reds pitching staff uh, top five in the league? I'm very excited for this Reds pitching staff. Uh, we rattled off some of the names, but I'm really excited to see what Trevor Bauer could do in a full season uh, with this coaching staff in place. And like you said, they brought brought on their drive line, the drive line guy as well. So, I mean, Trevor Bauer, we've been waiting kind of for that breakout um, every season from him. And I think this could be the year that he takes that next step, um, becomes one of the more elite pitchers in fantasy and in real life as well. So I'm very excited to see this rotation in action. And uh, regarding Nick Senzel, I, I have not been as high on Senzel as I know you have, Brent. Um, I'm really just concerned that this is almost becoming another Byron Buxton type situation. Somebody that's just, these injuries are really starting to catch up with him and it's really kind of delaying his development. So I hope that he can stay healthy and become that player that we thought he was, but I'm just, I'm not a hundred percent sold on him at this point. And like you said, I mean, he, he's been going uh, through different position after position here. They experimented with him at shortstop. I mean, I'll, I'll direct this back to you, Jeff. I mean, are they just completely nixing that idea? I mean, like we said, Freddie Galvis, not your long-term guy there. Is it possible that Senzel maybe gets gets some looks at shortstop like he was previously? Obviously, he came up in the draft as a third baseman. That's not going to happen. Um, but do you see like a middle infield experiment happening, or you think center field is the way to go from here on out for Senzel? I, I think it's highly unlikely. Uh, for one, they've moved him around a lot already, as it is, and and received some justifiable criticism for doing that. You don't take an elite prospect and keep jumping him, playing him hot potato with positions. You let him develop. You let him play in one spot. And I think that's kind of in their mindset now, too, that this move to the outfield was rather permanent. You know, things can change, but I I think they, they'd rather, rather keep him in the outfield. And the fact that Garcia did so much in spring training, that's their short, that's their, I think they're convinced that's their shortstop of the future. So I think that's the route they'd prefer to go. If you know the the, the long uh, rumor that was unfulfilled uh, over spring uh, over like the off season was that there was one more move they're going to make that maybe they'd package Senzel uh, in some sort of deal to try to improve it shortstop. Be it uh, Francisco Lindor is the uh, mm-hmm. is the most uh, repeated rumor I heard. You never really got the specifics, but it would involve Senzel or maybe uh, Corey Seager. Now I don't think either of those happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I especially don't think the Seager thing happens. You know, the Dodgers are under no financial strain, and I think they they are, they are perfectly comfortable. Plus, the shortened season really kind of eliminates the possibility of a, a, that sort of trade with Lindor. Even though there's huge contract problems with him in, the, in Cleveland in the future, I, I think that uh, it's too late now, especially with such a, a short run-up, I think, to whatever season we have. I could be wrong, but I, I was— I, I won't lie. I was daydreaming about that possibility of Lindor and Great American. That would be awesome, but yeah, don't think would, it's going to happen. 
That would be beautiful. But yeah, I mean, if there's one team that could really benefit from this universal DH, the Reds are at the top of this list. I mean, they have a plethora of outfielders here. Um, we were talking um, Winker, Castellanos, Akiyama, and then Senzel. But another guy who just kind of seems to be left out after he had a, a great stretch last year is Aquino. I'm curious yep. where where you think he fits into this team's plans. Well, I think he would have started the year in the minors had we proceeded as normal. Um, but I think with if they expand rosters, they might find a spot for the, for the Punisher. But... Keep in mind, take a look at what he did in September. He had an over 30% strikeout rate, really kind of struggled a little bit, Hits, hit five homers in September, but struck out a ton. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they kind of started to get exposed, and he, he started seeing no fastballs whatsoever after a while. Now, good players adjust, and hopefully he gets that. He, he he's able to do that. But, you know, it's a crowded outfield. The Castellanos signing, remember, came after Akiyama, and that pretty much kind of hinted at, you know, the Reds, like, okay, Aquino might be part of the future, but we want to now. And mm-hmm. I, I think that that was what's going to possibly keep him out. I could be wrong, but I think he's definitely like fifth man looking in right now. And they've got other guys they can keep as bench parts in, in the majors and let him go apply his uh, trade down at AAA for a little bit, let him play every day. You know, Irvin's a guy that can play, come off the bench. Van Meter's a guy that can come off the bench. They even have Travis Jankowski, if they're looking for something like that, as like a late-inning defensive sub or a pinch runner for that matter. So unless Aquino is starting, I expect him down in the minors. Interesting. Yeah, Zach, I like that comp you had of Senzel with Byron Buxton. That's pretty, that's a good comp right there. But even a guy like I was looking at the rotation that a lot of people, when he got when he went to New York, people thought, oh, man, this guy's not as good as he was. And that's Sonny Gray. And the interesting story, we ran into his aunt and uncle last season at a game, and we talked about why he struggled in New York. And they say it was the bright lights. He didn't. He had so much pressure on him. He just kind of fell apart mentally. And for him to find a home with the Reds and be in, I mean, a top five Cy Young candidate, like that helps helps out tremendously in that rotation. Yeah, and this is another one where I think working with Derek Johnson, who he interacted with in college at Vanderbilt, mm-hmm. worked pretty well to help him you know, improve his slider a little bit, helped him with selection of pitch mix a little too. I think that was a little bit in dispute, if you recall, after he he uh, got after the trade, he kind of criticized the Yankees a little bit for how they handled him, and so that might have been part of it too. And yeah, he he's you know he got away from that pressure, and he also you know I, I think he was you know healthier. Now he also had uh, arthroscopic surgery the last week of September to remove bone chips from his elbow, and he pitched through that last year and obviously did fine. But he he came back to spring training this year and said he felt healthier than ever. So that's actually a, an encouraging sign too. With this bullpen as well, with Amir Garrett, Iglesias, Lorenzen, do you think this is a bullpen that can compete in the playoffs if they make it, or they need like a piece or two to get there? I, I wouldn't mind seeing them get another lefty arm, a left, lefty arm to mix and match a little bit there. Uh, you know, I, I think that Cody Reed's out of options. This is his last go, basically, uh, to see if he can be a contributing part to that bullpen. Now, if they're in the hunt and they get off to a good enough start and that they can, can justify another trade, I think that's what you might see is Adam, see them add another reliever. The other thing to be on watch for a little bit, too, is, and I know this is kind of stealing from a, a, a subsequent sta- uh, segment here, but Rizal Iglesias got off to a terrible start last year. and But for the lack of alternatives and the fact that the Reds were not competing as a whole, he might have been replaced. Now this year, now that so much more se- is seemingly at stake, he might have a shorter leash. You know, he got his strikeouts last year, 
He gave up uh, home runs for a second consecutive year at a pretty high rate. He balked at the way they were using him and trying to use him as an ace reliever at times coming in the seventh or eighth inning, if that's where the most critical situation in the game was. Uh, really complained about that after faltering, which is never a good look. You know, get the job done, and then you can complain. But, you know, don't blame that that role on your performance. That That's my take on that. But I don't think he's as secure as some people might think. Uh, maybe this is just me looking at, uh, you know, the Reds' glasses, but... I don't have him anywhere that's not a keeper league already. I, I had him in one auto new league, which I've had him for a number of years where he was a lot cheaper. But aside from that, I, I'm not investing in him. I'm finding other guys at his price. Oh, I was going to say that could be the reason getting a guy like Pedro Strobe, who has some career saves and some experience right. in the back end. But Zach, uh, what do you think this bullpen's got to do? Yeah, I mean, they have some good pieces in there. Um, got to love Amir Garrett. Uh, right now on roster resource, you got guys like Robert Stevenson and Tyler Malley slotted into this bullpen, whether or not that's the case or if they're kind of going to be more uh, spot starters. I love Tyler Malley's stuff. Uh, he's got phenomenal stuff. The problem with him, he, he seems to always go like five strong innings and then he has a huge blow-up inning. So maybe the bullpen is a good spot for him in the long term. Um, but yeah, they've got some really good pieces here. So I'm curious, Jeff, if Iglesias, let's say he were to lose his job, who is the next? Who is the next man up? Do you think it's Garrett or Strope? Uh, what kind of? Guy I think it's Lorenzen. I think it's definitely Lorenzen. He's the guy they turned to last year uh, when they had some problems. Uh, you know, he he actually had seven saves last year. Every once in a while, like Iglesias wasn't available, uh, and they turned to him. So I think that's probably the the first choice. Uh, we'll see if Strope uh, Strope's addition to the mix actually changes things a little bit. But they're deep. I, I mean, I think. You know, Garrett and Stevenson are also very capable of jumping in. And when push comes to shove, you mentioned Malley. I think they want to stretch him out, uh, kind of almost work in tandem with Wade Miley. Um, I, I, I like Tyler Malley a lot, too. And I think the one thing you got to watch with him is how well does he develop his secondary pitches? Uh, you know, he's, he was working on a slider this spring. And that was uh, something that he had really not done a whole lot. Uh, prior to uh, prior to this year, he used it every once in a while, but he didn't have confidence in the pitch. They try to improve that with this slider right now, and you know he, he would get ahead in the count often, and then just not be able to finish guys off. And so, you know, last year he used a four seamer like fifty seven percent of the time, a curve twenty three percent. You know, in two thousand eighteen, he did use that slider a lot, which is the interesting thing. Just lost confidence in it last year, and. You know, you could see it with the results. Uh, lots of strikeout ability, lots of getting ahead in counts, but he just couldn't finish a lot of times. And when that happened, bad things happened. He gave up 25 homers in 129 innings. And that's some of that's the, the happy fun ball era. Some of that is him not being able to finish, guys. And we'll see if he gets that figured out. So out of this entire roster, bats, pitching, or even bullpen, if a guy gets saves, well, who you starting with you, Jeff, who is one sleeper and one bust on this team in fantasy? So I mentioned Iglesias. I'll give you another one, though. I like him, but not at the price, and that's Luis Castillo. Uh, I, I just don't think he's ju- – I, I don't think he'll justify the price it costs where he's going like the third round more often than not. Look at what happened with him a little bit in the second half. Uh, he He's a guy that uh, started to walk a lot more in the second half. Velocity started to trickle down just a little bit. You know, I, I worry about that con- command and control. Uh, and maybe some of that was him wearing down. Uh, they limited him to five starts in September as a result of that. So many good things that happened with him, but 79 walks on 190 innings. There is some risk of that whip blowing up. And if with that, you know, sometimes you get a little bit of a climb in ERA. And so I think there might be a little bit of a retrenching this year with him. So he's a 
I, I wouldn't call him an outright bust, but not for the price. There are other guys I like better at that area. And a sleeper, I'll go. I'll stay in the rotation. Uh, go with uh, Anthony Descalfani. I, I really like the progress he's made, uh, especially getting facing left-handers has always been his problem. And and, and still, he has this discernible split, a righty-lefty split. But he he really improved his secondary pitches last year. I think the pitch mitch is going to continue to change a little bit. And I think he's going to get, get a little bit better against lefties. I think he puts it all together this year. Uh, he's finally healthy. No more elbow issues. That's always been a thing that's been holding him back. Uh, you know, he doesn't even get hurt that badly by the ballpark. He actually had a better home road split last year. It was 350 at home, 427 on the road. I think he could put it all together and have like a 3-5, for the year. And I think they're going to give him a lot more run support this year. So I think he's a sneaky good guy to invest in. Very nice. Zach, who is your sleeper in the bu- sleep or bust on this roster? So I'm going to piggyback off of Jeff here. I had Discofani as my sleeper as well. Um, like we said, health has really been the biggest thing with Discofani. And also a side note, Discofani from the same hometown as me in Freehold, wow. New Jersey. Shout, nice. sh- shout out to Freehold, New Jersey. But yeah, Discofani, uh, he took huge strides last year. Um, I'm very excited to see what he can do this season, full season with this pitching coach and the driveline crew. Fully healthy, like Jeff said, elbow issues behind him. So I'm very excited about him. And I was kind of uh, discussing it before my bust. I'm just I'm I'm out on Nick Senzel pretty much across the board. Um, I need to see um, him remain healthy. And uh, I just I really think what they've been doing with him has, has been hurting him. Just moving around, moving him around all these positions. Uh, we've seen players uh, be moved around to positions they're just not completely comfortable in, and it just affects their their growth and their development. And I think that's what we're seeing here with Senzel. So until I see um, some progress, um, I'm, I'm I'm out really I'm in the fantasy world for Senzel. So Senzel is my is my bust candidate, and Discofani I love this year at the value that he's going at. Well, opposite of that, <laughs> so Nick Senzel's my sleeper candidate, I think. <laughs> Just great. for the late, yeah, for a, getting picked in the 219th position. I mean, he offers tremendous upside, like you said, a Byron Buxton type. If he stays healthy, you could look at 20-plus stolen bags, a 270-plus average, and 80-plus runs at a very late pick. And my bust is a guy that, I mean, he's shown a ton of potential, but Trevor Bauer, I think he has a major attitude problem, which I personally think affects his game. And he's getting drafted around the 80, 80 range. And he has a career four ERA. Like, you, I mean, thinking about that guy, you wouldn't think he would have an ERA quite that high. I mean, he has a decent K9, but in 1,100 career innings, he has a four, four ERA. So that's my bust and my sleeper, Senzel. I'm not there on the price for him either. Uh, although I do like that, again, that they brought in his buddy, Kyle Body, and, you know, the, the driveline guys and, Maybe that, you know, he had a big spring, but he was so awful after the trade last year. I'm just concerned. Yeah, I, one guy that I would comp him to, I know, Zach, we talked about it in that one pod, Rick Porcello. He, I don't know, for some reason, he's going to be an eating, inning eater, but he's mm-hmm. going to have a higher ERA, and he'll show flashes of potential. Like a pitcher oh. that you want in a points league for fantasy. Yeah. But yeah, I could definitely see uh, see some red flags with power, but I, I, I could also see a huge breakout season. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, so we'll move on to uh, who's going to take the NL Central, and then we'll wrap it up with some Reds prospects. So in the NL Central, which is pretty much the Reds, Cubs, and Cardinals, I, mean, I don't even think the Brewers are going to be in it, really. Who do you think is taking the crown, and who's going to compete to take the crown? Jeff? Okay, so you know, as a Reds fan, I'm born to just dread the Cardinals. 
Uh, I'm trained to dress, especially, you know, it wasn't the way when I was growing up because they weren't even in the same division. But in the last 20 years, I mean, it's really the Cardinals have been the class of the division. They always find a way. They're always there. And you like, how did that happen? Even last year. Last year is a perfect example. It's like devil Cardinals magic to, to, that they ended up winning the division. And I think that's kind of, I think that they're probably have to be the favorite again. I, although, you know, it's it just, you know, it, it's, they certainly didn't take a step upward, but I, I feel like someone like Dil- Dylan Carlson just stepping up and dominating from day one. That's the sort of thing that happens with the Cardinals. They do such a good job developing their own players that they, they go the extra mile there. Even then we don't think they're like necessarily all ready to go or that they're not that uh, have that high peak. I think they have to be considered the favorite. I'll say the Cardinals win by a game or two over the Reds tied with the Cubs. Mm, very nice. Yeah, I know Jack Flaherty. I think he is going to be the how DeGrom was probably the best pitcher from 2015 to 2020. I think Jack Flaherty is going to be that type pitcher from 2020 to 2025. But we'll see. Yeah. Zach, who's your guy? Who's your team in the NL Central? And who do you think will compete? Yeah, nothing new here. Um, I think the Cardinals really are the best team, the most complete team. Like Jeff said, I could definitely see Dylan Carlson making an impact this year, but it really just depends how teams are going to handle these prospects, uh, whatever rules uh, that are put in place once the season gets back up and running here. Um, It's possible maybe they just delay his service time and maybe just not even call him up at this point, um, depending on when the season starts. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. But Carlson is um, an impactful prospect um, on the offensive side, something that the Reds just really don't have, like we were saying before. But I would also like to see maybe if the universal DH gets implemented, uh, a guy like Tyler O'Neill gets some full playing time now that Ozuna is gone and see what he can do. Uh, we've seen um, the type of power that Tyler O'Neill could possess. So uh, it would be great to see him get some playing time. And uh, this this pitching staff, it's it's a very deep staff. Flaherty, Dakota Hudson, Carlos Martinez, it's a good core um, at the top of this rotation. And some good guys in the back end. Giovanni Gallegos, uh, um, right now slotted in the closer spot. Kind of underrated right now um, in drafts um, just because they do have a few pieces, whether it be Andrew Miller, John Gant. There's a few pieces on the back end, but Gallegos, he looked great last year. He's got phenomenal stuff. So this team, they really have a lot of pieces. Uh, Don't forget about Jordan Hicks coming back from injury, possibly later this year or early next year uh, for keeper dynasty type league. But yeah, and this team, like we we, we discussed it earlier, earlier on a previous podcast, this team might be poised to make a run at um, a big time player like Nolan Arenado as well. Uh, They've got the prospects in, in Gorman and Libertor to do it. So we'll see what comes of it. But as of right now, with the way this team is structured right now, um, I think the Cardinals are the top team. And I'm very disappointed with the, with the moves that the Cubs made. Um, I'm also a little concerned about um, David Ross as the uh, as the manager there, first time manager. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But I really think that um, the Cardinals won, and I think the Reds really have a great opportunity to make some noise in this division. Yeah, I actually have probably the Cubs competing the most with the Reds for the NL crown. But I think if they do. It has everything to do with that starting rotation. If these old guys can put it together, like Jose Quintana, he he got traded from the south side to the north side, and he kind of fell apart a little bit, and he was one of the more reliable pitchers in the league for those years he was with the White Sox and even a John Lester. If they can eat some innings, get the, keep the ERA below four and strike a guy out per nine, I think they'll be all right. But I think the Reds, just with the vibe and who they got, will probably take 
the crown with the Cubs being two and the Cardinals being three and Jack Flaherty winning the Cy Young. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to some prospects here. Who is your favorite prospect in a, I, I think, a loaded red system? We'll start with you, Jeff, and then Zach. I, I'm pretty pumped about Nick Lodolo, their first round uh, pick uh, from from last year. And I, I'm excited about uh, what he did. It was in a very limited sample, but I, I think that there's a good chance that this is he's a guy that is going to take a big leap forward. I think he's I, he needs to be pushed up against tough competition. He needs to be like double A by the end of this year, if not, you know, if not the beginning it. Well, whatever minor league season we have, and that's kind of the big complication here right now is we don't know what sort of minor league season we're going to have, let alone major league season. You know, I think I, you know, James Anderson, our prospect guy was like, he thought he underestimated him a little bit when he got drafted and uh, underestimated his upside. That is, I, I think he looks, he's, you know, he, he had a smashing debut and I think he's ready to be challenged. I'm also pretty, we talked about Jose Garcia. I'm pretty excited about him as well. Very nice. Zach, who do you have an eye on in this Reds farm system? So I'm really curious to see how Hunter Green comes back from this injury. Um, he's kind of been the big name the past uh, few seasons for them um, after being their top pick. But yeah, he's coming off his Tommy John surgery. It'll be interesting to see if he's able to uh, kind of put forward a season that we all expected from him. Um, he's the top of the rotation pitcher. I know he kind of came out of high school as a dual eligible player, um, played shortstop. And pitching, uh, we'll see how that elbow holds up. Um, but Jeff, I mean, have you heard any progress about Hunter Green? Has he been throwing? Has he been? How's he been looking in this recovery process? You have any updates on Hunter Green? Uh, it's very scant. I mean, obviously, you know, uh, organized workouts are very hard to, to do right now. He is throwing some bullpen sessions. Uh, this was in March. Said on his personal Twitter account, he feels stronger and better than ever before. Yeah, I'm excited to see what he can do too. Just be patient with him. It's going to be a while. Yeah, they're definitely not going to rush him along at all. Yeah, when the Minnesota Twins took shoots going out Roy, my head. Royce, Royce Lewis. Royce Lewis. When they took him over Hunter Green, I thought it was going to be the end of the world because Hunter Green grazed that cover of Sports Illustrated and was supposed to be the next. I mean, they they even compared him like the next LeBron James of baseball. Right. But even with Hunter Green, I think he's going to end up oh, – I hate to say this, but I think he's just going to end up being a really dominant closer. I don't know – what it is with him, but every time I've watched him or watch highlights of him, I don't know throwing that hard and that aggressive, he's going to be able to last a or get a 200 inning type season. I mean, what are your thoughts on that, Jeff? Well, you got to see him in person for Dayton, didn't you? Yeah, that's what I mean. I see a lot of, I saw Michael Ciani, uh, a lot of these guys play for the Dayton Dragons who actually have the longest sellout streak in baseball. They have like 300 current sellouts and that, is a well-oiled machine there. But, yeah, I saw a lot of these guys play for Dayton Dragons. Yeah, and he seems like to me like a max effort sort of guy. That's the thing that, that would encourage him going to, to relieving. But I think, you know, what most teams do, and I think this is the right approach, is develop them as a starter as long as you can. Uh, let them learn how to pitch. Learn Learn how to pitch a little bit when you can't go max effort. And if it doesn't work out, then you can transition over to relieving. If you develop him as a closer, you're really limiting his upside. And you're also just inhibiting his ability to learn how to pitch with less than optimal conditions at times. So uh, I'd like to see him, you know, you know, I think he probably will struggle with his command this year. You get t- you come back from Tommy John, that's pretty normal. And he already had that as a, as a feature a little bit there. But of course, the ceiling is super high. Yeah, that's a good thought. I've never even thought of something like that. Keep him rolling as a starter. Keep the arm going. And you can eventually, if you have to, develop into a relief pitcher. 
Uh, is there any guys late, deeper in their system that you have an eye on? I know one guy that I see. Wait, they have him ranked 29th in here, and they got him from the Rays. That's Jose De Leon. Yeah. I thought when he was with the Rays, I really thought he could be a decent starting pitcher, but I don't even know if he's ever going to make a big league club and make an impact. Yeah, he could. You know, he never was able to get fully healthy after his Tommy John, and it's proof that it doesn't always work. And he got passed by a bunch of guys. And also, the Rays are just so stocked that they had they had to make room on the forty man. So the Reds kind of took advantage of that, made a deal for him. You know, th- this is he's the type of guy that gets hurt by this, though. You know, when he this is someone that really needs the like the reps and, you know, work with a new staff and see if they can max them out a little bit. And instead, there may not be a triple A this year. I mean, that that's the thing that's really frustrating to see if they get a chance and getting maxing maxing out what they can get out of him. But I am intrigued about him. Also, I'm going to go opposite of the spectrum. Go with a teenager. Uh, Braylon Minier, Minier, uh, he's from, uh, the, he, he played in the Dominican Summer League last year, uh, was one of the July 2nd signees for the Reds. I, I think I like, what I think I like about him is, I, th- I think he's going to have the bat. I don't know if he's going to have, you know, an above average speed, but maybe when he gets bigger, he may have to move off the position, but he's a guy, at least I want to see, uh, you know, they spent, they spent a good chunk of change on him on, on, in that, uh, you know the July 2nd wave of signings kind of want to see what they can do with him. Very nice. Zach, who do you got deeper in their system that you have to keep an eye on or going to make a major league impact? So I, I wasn't expecting anybody else to say the Jose De Leon, but I'm very intrigued by De Leon as well. Um, he's possessed top prospect type pedigree before the injuries have been a huge issue, but he does appear to be healthy. Um, me and Brent were actually talking. So there's this league that I'm in, Jeff, uh, MLB Remix League, where we're basically we're, we're going to simulate three seasons worth and we're redrafting the entire major leagues, uh, so 30 teams. So I took over the Rays, and okay. De, Le- De Leon was actually a late sleeper of mine. I'm going to kind of use him as like a swingman and uh, maybe some spot starts, but I really think he still has the stuff, and now that he's healthy, um, I just think maybe uh, a relief role is better suited for him at this point in his career with I all the injuries. That, that but, might be um, your trade, you know, in a way. It's like we were talking about adding an arm to the bullpen. Well, what if it's just calling up De Leon, and he comes in there and max effort – you know, yep. it becomes yet another guy to bridge the game to the closer. Yeah, I agree. I think it could be a great bullpen piece, uh, very under the radar move. So I'm excited to see what he can do. Uh, the other name I'm curious to get your thoughts on, Jeff, is Jonathan India. He's been a, uh, a top mm-hmm. 100 type guy. Uh, third base really just doesn't seem to be a spot that he's going to be able to take over anytime soon with Suarez over there. And he's he's kind of struggled offensively the past few seasons. Uh, where do you see India with the future of this ball club? Well, uh, he needs to develop the power. That just hasn't come yet. And some of that is has to do with where they play. You know, Dayton's not exactly a launching pad. Daytona in Florida is absolutely not a launching pad. Uh, the whole league is actually a tough place to hit the ball out. He's got a good on base skills, but you know, you can with the as high as he went in the draft, you kind of expect a little bit more. And you know, number five overall pick, you kind of want to see a little bit of power here. He hasn't quite got gotten there yet. I, I do think some patience is warranted. You know, and, and the Reds like they, they've seen a couple of recent trades blow up in their face. Where after they uh, traded the prospect, they've gone on a better times, especially if they end up in L.A. Yeah, so if, if there is a Corey Seager trade and it involves India, I expect India to blow up. But, but um, <laughs> hell, if, I, I would think that, though, it's, it's 
they're going to start him either in double A AA or triple A. But as you alluded, Suarez isn't going anywhere. He can't go back to shortstop. He doesn't have that mobility anymore. Uh, and Votto signed basically in perpetuity. So there, there's really no place for India to go to. That's the thing that's kind of a concern. Maybe they, you know, he's eventually another guy they'd have to move to the outfield. But hey, guess what? They've got like 37 guys they can play the outfield right now, too. So I wouldn't expect much out of him at all this year in the big league level. And even 2021 is a little bit in doubt just because, you know, he, he's really going to have to bang the door down. And right now he's not doing that. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to ask you one more dynasty type question here, uh, prospect wise. Tyler Stevenson, we were talking yeah. about Tucker, Tucker Barnhart before um, and Kirk Casale as kind of a, a one-two tandem. Do we? Do you think that Tyler Stevenson can make some type of impact this year? Is this the catcher of the future? Uh, what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, he's an interesting prospect. You know, first rounder way back in 2015, but was hurt so many different times. And, you know, he's finally stayed healthy last year, had a good fall league campaign as well. Uh, I, and the Reds, they do have a... The, that is an identifiable place that they can improve is offense behind the plate. Now, Stevenson's not much of a good pitch framer, but if we get robot umpire someday, that won't matter as much. So, uh, that, and I, I could see an offense defense platoon. I could see, you know, him just taking over at some point. What I'd like to see is a little bit more power kick in, but you know, I, I saw him hit a ball in the uh, fall stars game uh, out in Arizona where he hit one over the center field wall. I'm surprised. And, it was as good a shot as I've seen out there. I mean, he, he, you know, I've seen others hit the ball harder, but as far as, uh, you know, decent power, I was pretty impressed. Uh, and it, it, I think it's time to give him a chance. So I think you'll see him up by mid season and, you know, nudging his way into a role. I don't know what it, if he has a huge ceiling, but I think he's got, you know, a top 10, a you know, bottom of the top 10 catcher upside. That's the way I'd look at that, which that's usable in fantasy. Uh, probably won't realize that right away, but, uh, you know, I, I think there's some upside to be mined there. Yeah. Great stuff, gentlemen. Uh, do you have Zach, do you have any more questions for Jeff this evening else? We can wrap show up and we appreciate you joining us, Jeff. No problem. Yeah. I think we got everything. Yeah. Jeff, appreciate you coming on and talking some Reds baseball. It's, it's going to be, hopefully we get baseball soon, but if we do, it's going to be an exciting season for the Reds, I think. Yeah, it should be super exciting. And hey, guys, I had a lot of fun. Thanks for having me on. It's always fun to talk a little Reds. Uh, I'll return the favor at some point, get one of you guys on uh, the Rotowire pod. All right. Sounds good, sir. We appreciate it. Thanks again. You bet. Take care.